0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: So, Tim, would you say that Rob Schneider has uh, challenged the TV model?
0: Such a good question. Um, yeah, in some ways he has, because some things you take as read on television, like if you self-fund and write your own thing that you're going to um, produce and star in, you usually write yourself quite heroically. But uh, by hook or by crook, Rob Schneider
1: has painted himself as a bit of a baddie. I think uh, there's, there's no necessarily helping that. He's, he's from the Adam Sandler school of um, well, of comedy, I guess. But he's he... He's essentially fulfilling a similar role to what Adam Sandler does in movies, only with less charisma. If you could imagine. (laughs) And his wife exudes charisma. She's so great. I love his
0: wife. So let's um, broad strokes what's going on in... Oh, that's good. Just a bit of atmos. Um, In Real Rob, it is a format where we are introduced to Rob Schneider's real life, which is sort of dramatized. And it's interspersed with bits of his stand-up, which, um, you know, undercooked, I think, would describe those portions of the show. Also
1: interspersed with, to cover his tracks, uh, sort of- Small pieces to camera? Reality show or documentary style pieces to camera, performed exclusively by Rob Schneider, or his wife, whose name- Patricia. (sighs) Patricia. And what's his, uh, his- The assistant? Yeah. Oh,
0: I can't remember the assistant's name. The whole first episode centers around his assistant being bad at his job.
1: What? To the credit of the show... You looked is, at
0: me like I said that wrong. No, 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 no.
1: I'm it's jumpy, a, <laughs> I tell you. I just a, watched this first episode. I'm jumpy. It's a pilot. You know, pilots famous for struggling to find shape and form. It's more like a representation of what the show could become. That's true. Because in a pilot,
0: you've got to introduce every character. You've but, got to show everyone who's going to be in there eventually. So in the
1: frame of mind. And as, as promised in the uh, Deadspin sort of... Uh, informational teaser the four characters to whom we are introduced rob patricia the assistant and the stalker all feature prominently in this episode that's not to say
0: are we going to hang out with them the whole season do you think those four characters that's
1: it can i tell you one of the reasons that i thought this might be fun as i saw in a trailer that i watched a while ago i remember seeing norm Macdonald arrive in one of the Boy,
0: you love that man, episodes. don't you? And I was like, you follow him into a, a garbage dump.
1: A I, I very well may have. You know what? Norm's just a good guy, I guess. To go on all of his friend's awful projects.
0: Oh, I'm sure he's getting paid for it. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Norm's famously not
1: that good with money. Is he not? Well, he's got a gambling problem. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's known to have lost everything he has twice. Really? Oh yeah, big time. Shit, that's awesome. The man is a wild card. Uh, but he should not be playing with cards, wild or none. The movie, the, sorry, the TV show is not without its its moments. Like, Unsurprisingly, if you get 30 minutes of airtime yeah. and you script gags for the whole 30 minutes, yeah. some of them are going to land.
0: Yeah, totally. I thought the stalker guy was kind of a fun character, actually. The stalker is this, um, he does quite a lot of sort of physical comedy and they've made him look all goofy with weird big Coke bottle glasses and a weird moustache, and he's just sort of um, creeping around when you first see him, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. This is all good. It's such a low
1: bar to clear though. Like it's a stalker yeah. archetype, dude.
0: I am so easily impressed. This is the thing you've got to remember. I like. I enjoyed the movies i Robot and Chappie. Anything with a robot, I'll enjoy. There's no robots in this show. I hate Real it. Real ro- ro- robot. Real Robot.
1: The cold open, we're impressed by the cold open, Rob and his wife in bed. This is the moment to grab the audience by the short and curlies and say, here we are, stick around, you're in for a good trip. This is the time. And the entirety of the cold open was built around the idea that Rob has poor hygiene Because he scratches his balls and goes on his phone. And touches his face too much. And
0: uh, Patricia was a little cognizant that she is breastfeeding their young one. And she didn't want the bacteria from Rob to be on her breasts. And Rob was so keen to touch her breasts. That's right. God, he was keen.
1: He was so keen. Like cane. a dog with a bone. And good on him. They're a married couple. And they negotiate that he may touch her right boob. Not, they don't say breast. They say boob. It's a funny word. Uh, but no nipple. No nipple, Rob. Rob but he mis- just can't help Exactly. Out. And, and, it, and then there lies the comedy. That was the fir- you know, one of the first moments I realized that this TV show might take place in the real world was Rob said, you go straight, you go straight for the nipple. Everyone does. Everyone That's does. He
0: and he's—I don't think he's too far off it. No, I think he's making acute observations about biology
1: and the human form. But because you know, it's—it does follow this the Seinfeld model Lucy or early day Seinfeld where they tr- the the stand-up is thematically meant to be linked to what is taking place.
0: Yeah, that's true. Except that so here's a big problem in this show real rob. Whenever we jump to his stand-up, he's usually making fun of his wife using sort of a Mexican archetypal voice and always plays himself in the act outs that he does as this real cool calm and collected dude. But the thing is, we've met his wife and she's really
1: charming. Oh, well, like it, there's a hard cut from a scene with his wife to him doing stand-up, doing an impersonation of his wife. Like, you gave us the information <laughs> five seconds ago. <laughs> we've
0: already seen her. And she doesn't sound like this. She sounds really lovely and quite reasonable. And you paint her on stage as this, this cartoon character, this harpy from Mexico, and you are the villain, right? <laughs> I don't know if you know What you've done here But you've
1: made yourself The bad guy in the gag He's all, His stand up is You don't see a single shot Of an audience member In his stand up Which None. suggests to me Maybe He could have just recorded it In front of a brick wall Oh really? And
0: no, sh- no. Surely he got into a club. This is uh, this is Rob Schneider. He's been a working stand up for is, decades. What is
1: Rob Schneider? You know when we uh, what is Rob Schneider? When we talked about doing this, we told Alice Nind and Rose Mutterfa of Bones of the Heart fame. And the first thing Alice said was, "Is that punching down?" Yes,
0: which is a jolly good question because um, Rob Schneider is not among the more. Successful in the Sandler bag. He's still doing fine. Yeah, presumably he made this show. And do you know what? I could, maybe I should cancel the podcast right here 10 minutes into the first episode. Because, boy, if there's one thing I hate, it's people just randomly shitting on people trying to do things. And Rob's trying to do something here. He's trying to put a show together. You he know? Is,
1: He's trying to shake up the, the business model of, of Hollywood.
0: So let, let us remind you about how Timbo and Guy Guy do business on the podcast platform. Uh, just like the worst idea of all time, we're not here to shit on Rob Schneider. We're here to watch his show. And, and, and try and figure it out a little
1: bit, you know? You can sort of, I mean, you can see loosely the, the grab bag of spare parts he's tried to put in one place yeah. to make this show work. Where, do you? How are you feeling in terms of your hope level for where this season's going to go? Honestly, measured against my previous podcasting experience of documenting, watching something, there's room for growth here because the show gets to keep moving forward. There's potential. Yeah, I mean, comedic potential. I I, I did for a thirty-minute episode of a TV show. I was we, when one of the frames was out of fo- was out of focus, and Tim said, "Did they find focus during the frame?" Then and he rewound he rewound it, and he was right. But save the fact they didn't find focus, they were just looking for focus for a whole shot that made it into the episode. Yeah, but when you did that, we were twenty-four minutes in, and I sort of I was taken aback. There was five <laughs> minutes left in the episode.
0: It dragged a little bit, but. Not as bad as some other stuff that I've watched. Like you know, we, we move around a bit. There's lots of different locations, which is good. At least he didn't skimp out because this is self-funded and make this like a three-room sitcom sort of. An no, affair, you know? he
1: goes out a little bit. He he's creates a false book within the show that he is promoting at a he goes to book his launch. own book signing. So that was actually a book. That was a good laugh from both of us. As he would sign the books, uh, he'd sign them. You can do it. And then do a signature, because you can do it, Rob Schneider's most famous line. But then he would laugh quite like, (laughs) after signing, you can do it. He would do like a sustained 10-second rolling laugh at the very idea of how funny it is for him to sign, you can do it. Which is brilliant.
0: It is brilliant when you consider he must have been signing that for 20 years now,
1: I would say. Well, that was the other gag that worked at the top of the at the top of the show. One of the first moments we see of uh, of Rob in the in the wider world outside of his home is at, arriving in an airport, and a fan says, "Hey, Rob, Rob, can you sign these?" and gives him two burned DVDs, yeah. one of which is Juice Bigelow, yeah, and the other is the extra features of Juice Bigelow.
0: Yeah, that was funny. That's
1: funny. That was good.
0: That was legitimately, I think, the only joke that worked. In the in the, uh, in the whole episode That was 30 minutes in duration
1: Yeah, so help me God Oh no, the other one Yes Rob Schneider Prove me wrong Grime Rob Montgomery. Schneider pitching So within the show also uh, he's He is pitching a show So he's essentially within the show Pitching the show that we're watching But he goes to a meeting with Fo- The head of Fox Comedy or TV or something And uh, the first thing they say to him In the middle of the meeting They say And do you have to star in it? That gag works. Yeah, that was funny. Anytime, You're right. Anytime, you know
0: what, guy? You're right. There were twice the jokes that worked <laughs> that I originally thought. Any time Rob show.
1: Schneider exercises any sort of self-awareness,
0: but the, you notice that the gags and every like kind of nice moment comes from someone else, never from Rob. Real damn shame.
1: Yeah, I saw shades of a, a poor man's Billy Crystal in Rob Schneider. I, I, it's because I saw when Harry met Sally recently. It's because he's a sad clown.
0: Mm. You know. And Billy Crystal, as he got older, that's what happened to him. He became a sad clown. I mean, and I think Rob Schneider's always had a lot of like sadness about him, don't you think? Did you like Rob Schneider as a teen? Uh oh yeah, yeah. I remember enjoying Deuce Bigelow. Yeah, I thought you, it was funny yeah. when I was, you know, thirteen did or whatever. Did you get into
1: any of his other sort of movies that were canon? The I animal? Never, I never the saw the hot chick.
0: The, I never saw the animal. I did see the hot chick. The hot chick I think I just thought was sort of bizarre and silly. The animal I had mates who really the hot chick awesome. had the
1: opportunity to be interesting because he it was you know he swapped bodies. It was Freaky Friday but yeah, yeah. gendered
0: right and, but and Rob Schneider. The
1: animal his the romantic lead he acted against was like a breakout star from the first season of Survivor. That is awesome. Yeah.
0: Fuck yeah Rob uh, Schneider what, really is Trying to shake up Hollywood And I
1: want to call her Colleen Although that might not be true I, I'll, I'm going to double check If I it got that name It doesn't sound correctly. right
0: um, I was a big fan of Little Nicky When I was a kid And he makes a, a Brief little cameo in that With his famous line You can do it He was. We, we were recording this In Melbourne
1: During the Melbourne International Comedy
0: Festival Rob Schneider was meant To come out You know that? Yeah he canned his um, show And it's like It wasn't built as a comedy show Or stand up or anything I think it's a speaking tour I think he does quite a lot Of that these days Colleen Haskell
1: Oh, nice one! She was a contestant on the first season of the American reality show Survivor in two thousand. The Animal came out in two thousand and one. How crazy was it that Survivor got as big as it did? Makes a lot of sense. It's a great for- it's a great format to get. I mean, in that first season, especially to get to watch people be duplicitous like that was two thousand. That's eighteen years ago. That was groundbreaking. God damn, we didn't have anything like it
0: back then. And now everything's like it. You know, cooking shows are like it. That's right, yeah. Cooking shows aren't actually about the cooking. It's about how well you can manipulate other people. Cooking shows are so little about the cooking these days and so much about manipulation and, and, and conniving, backstabbing. There needs to be, like, team shit going on in cooking shows. I'm speaking so out of school. I don't watch any of those cooking shows. No, My I like, Kitchen I like, Rules.
1: I, I like your idea, though. Whatever. I don't watch any of the cooking shows either. One of the jokes that Rob Schneider delivers in this as a stand-up comedian in this show real rob is because his wife as a plot point is uh trying to start a small business she says he's never been to a good male strip club she likes the idea of it she's going to create the first decent male strip club
0: yeah male strip club is in it's like a strip club full of males aimed at
1: women yes and uh he sort of it, it segues pretty clumsily into a stand-up bit he does about uh men being afraid of the sexuality of their partner or the the, the, the previous sexual history of their partners and he's like ah you know when people- you refer to it like that it makes it sound so much better than what the
0: joke actually was <laughs> it's like so, like thematically it's about you know sexual uh, empowerment of women and how no, men no, are no, afraid of a sexually
1: empowered it's partner. Uh, well no that's not what rob rob is saying at all so yeah i i might have put too much window dressing on it rob's joke
0: is the following and he ums and ahs so much through it that's what really caught me off guard there's a lot of guys out there who get very uncomfortable with their wife's previous sexual history not me my wife used to live with a guy i'm no idiot i'm not naive i'm sure they made out once or twice people are really uncomfortable with it cultures are uncomfortable with women's sexual history the taliban are uncomfortable with women's sexual history. They stone them to death. I, I think it would be better if they just maybe threw one stone. <laughs> You're a whore. <gasps> Did someone call me a whore? That
1: That's is the, the laugh line. That is the edit point. His big gag is that under Sharia law, only one thro- stone should be thrown at a woman who has premarital sex. Sharia law
0: is not a pronunciation from New Zealand, by the way. That's just our guy says Sharia law. Yeah, oh, did he say Shari- did he say- Sh- Sharia law? How did he say it? I don't. I think Sharia law. I think that's how everyone says it. I didn't mean to nitpick. No, no, you're but right. But I noticed that guy, you're and look- I'm draw attention to it because other people will have noticed it too. You're right to nitpick, but I mean, it's an incredible. It's <laughs> it how does it- the show make you feel? Like emotionally, like you watch it, everything gives you a feeling, you know. know, If I
1: if I choose to read it correctly, it's inspiring. The idea that one man with such middling talent can make it this far up in the Hollywood food chain to create his own show, yeah, gives you hope. Along the way to make several feature films, like I remember thinking he was funny, but yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't it give me hope? Not doors don't open for everyone. There's no guarantee one will open for either of us, but if Rob Schneider's out here shaking up the show business model by self-funding this abysmal television show yeah what are Netflix doing buying the rights to this well
0: this is I'm very interested as I always am in the economics of this enterprise like so it says it's described as self-funded by Rob Schneider so he kind of put the production together do you reckon he recouped That money by getting it on Netflix? Or do you think this is a deal where he like maybe lost a little bit of money on the first season? He
1: at least lost a little bit of money. Let's not forget, in 2012, Rob Schneider also had a more traditional sitcom that was following sort of network rules called Rob. Um, How did that do? There's no information about budgets here. That sucks. I want to know about the money. We can do some research between episodes. Uh Rob was a sitcom that premiered on CBS in January 12, 2012, mm-hmm. and ended on March the 1st, 2012. Oh, Rob. That
0: sucks. On May 13th, 2012. Hey, you can't win them all. John Mullaney, one of the funniest stand ups around, he, he didn't do any good in his. CBS cancelled the series, but he's gone on to do funny things since. Yeah, I know. He learned. I'm trying to give Schneider the benefit of the doubt here. We're only one episode in, guy. We can't start off negative. No, we can't. Where do you go to from there? Wow, just
1: more negative. He had in in the sitcom Rob. He had Cheech Marin, who is of Cheech and Chong fame. Holy shit! Playing he, his father-in-law. Is he still alive? Yeah, fantastic. Look, all of that to say, this is not. Uh, it's not the worst pilot I've ever seen. It was certainly not the best part I've ever seen. The show. What is the best pilot you've ever seen? Cheers. Yeah? It's an incredible
0: pilot. Oh, I had a good one. Crap. What was it? Fuck. I can't remember. There's a. I think it's a. I can't remember. It was like a kids' show well damn it if i remember i'll I'll let hey a little tease for episode two i'm gonna brainstorm and figure out what that dope pilot was
1: i love it well that is uh episode one of overlooked and undercooked no hold on we i
0: think we should give it a rating or something you know we should rate each episode out of a hundred give it a percent 40 percent we should both say it at the same time so our ratings don't color the other rating that comes
1: second you say yours
0: I'm giving the pilot this first episode of Real Rob. I'm going under 35. 35 you had shots out of focus. The color saturation's pretty ballistic. So everyone looks like they've got radioactive glowing. So eyes. far,
1: Rob, Real Rob, is scoring thirty-seven point five
0: percent. You want to know what the saving grace is for me so far, though? Patricia, she's
1: awesome. Uh, there is no saving grace for me at this point. Oh, guy. But it's it's over the curiosity and the knowledge that a Norm Macdonald cameo is impending. So I look forward to it. A
0: lot to look forward to. We're going to dig through that cameo. We're going to get the best pilot that's ever been from my brain to your ears. We're going to be back in the second episode after we watch the second ep of Real Rob.